Welcome back. This is Chris Panico. And this is Robert Hoffman. And you are listening to No Nonsense Storytime, the podcast where we take children's stories and we cut out the nonsense. Why nonsense? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I said bye nonsense. Goodbye. Like, oh. goodbye nonsense. Oh, I understand. Okay. Yeah. No, I wasn't correcting you. <laughs> We, in fact, buy nonsense on this well, I podcast. I thought it was like B.I. nonsense. Oh. <laughs> sort of <laughs> a like... two-way nonsense. Yeah. Um, anyway, this week we're going to be looking at The Very Hungry Caterpillar by Eric Carle. Chris, did you know that Eric Carle has illustrated in his lifetime more than 70 books? And he wrote most of them. I did know that. Did you oh, know? Oh man, you prepared. <laughs> Did you expect me to not prepare? I thought you'd forget. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know on June twenty fifth, nineteen twenty nine, he was born in Syracuse, New York? You wrote them down. So? So, that's that's cheating. I have them all in my head. You have them. All right. How about? It's mostly that one. So. <laughs> it's mostly that. Do you have any other ones? Um, I did notice that he in two thousand fourteen received an honorary um. A degree from from Smith College. I I saw that, and I okay. remember that because my friend Gwen is a a, a Smith Collegeer. Oh, cool, yeah. cool. I I did forget that one. Oh. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. But I also remembered that the Very Hungry Caterpillar was the third book that he was involved in, published in 1969. Um, Do you know the first one was? First one was Brown Bear, Brown Bear, What Do You See? Oh my gosh. Where really? he was just the illustrator. He didn't actually write that one. Oh, okay. okay. Um, and the second one was One, Two, Three to the Zoo, um, published in 68, which he wrote and illustrated. Imagine the first book you ever illustrate is Brown Bear, Brown Bear, What Do You See? Yeah. And then the third one is The Very Hungry Caterpillar. That's, that's ridiculous. Do you know that it was translated... More than 62, 62 times. Yeah, I do know. Yeah. Oh, really? Uh-huh. I, it's it's strange that uh, it's more than 62. Why would you not give the exact... Well, I guess maybe they don't know the exact number, but they right. know for sure right. at least 62. Do you know how many copies that would have been sold? Um, At least at least 12. At least 12. It's closer to 46 million copies. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Which... Uh, uh, maths out to 1.7 every minute since publication. Wow. This is all from Wikipedia, yeah. so... Yeah. No. It's not that impressive. But you did write it down. That's more than I did. Did you know that he lived in... Massachusetts. Germany during World War Two? I didn't know that. Yeah, it was a very um, difficult experience. I did, I did know he lived in Massachusetts. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. For, for... Point you. With his wife for 30 years. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, so, Bobby, <laughs> we'll yeah. let listeners decide sure. who, who had more facts about the author this That's week. That's true. It was you. We'll you, you had, I think you had more. I think you had some good ones. Thank you. Some that I totally forgot. Um, but now it's time to recap the story for anyone who may not have read it before. Would you like to go ahead? Absolutely. Okay. So, The Very Hungry Caterpillar. Um, I'll try not to skip anything important, but it's it's pretty you know it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, probably everybody who's listening has read it. What happens is there's an egg. It's on a leaf. It's nighttime. The moon's shining on it. Then, on a Sunday, um, the the egg hatches and a, a caterpillar comes out 
and basically through the story the caterpillar eats a bunch of stuff it eats a bunch of fruit so first it eats one fruit i forget exactly which fruit it is but it eats one fruit then two then three then four then five and then it eats a whole bunch of stuff it gets a stomach ache um and is a very large caterpillar now goes in a cocoon and then comes out as a butterfly that's it story of life and chris chris is going to uh decide what the moral of the story is going to chris so I think that the moral that Eric Carl was going for was moderation and self-control. Um, in the story, we see he he goes on like a binge, uh-huh. if you will, yeah. where he's eating a lot of things like cheese and yeah. cake and ice cream. And afterwards, he gets a really, really bad stomach ache. Yep, yep. But afterwards, he eats some... Um, I forget exactly what it is, but it's something a little more... He just eats a leaf, right? A leaf. Yeah, right. I think it might just be a leaf. Yeah. And then he turns into a chrysalis and then a butterfly. So I think what he's trying to tell us is that moderation and, you know, making the healthy choices are what are going to bring us to that elevated Mm. evolution of ourselves. I think that's what Eric Carl's getting at. I feel that... I would have just said the moral of the story is that caterpillars turn into butterflies. <laughs> but if if there's a if there was like a bigger moral meant by the author, I'd say that's got to be it. Right. I agree. That's that's I, what I get out I of mean, it every time I read it. You, like this, this you're definitely right. caterpillar. <laughs> you're definitely right that it is getting that point across. Yeah. Um, and Eric Carle was a very very deep fan of nature mm-hmm. and he used it in a lot of his stories to teach kids about. Things like caterpillars turning into butterflies. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're right about that. Now, I have my own ideas about what I think the moral is. But why don't we talk about it a little bit first? Let's, let's do it. So where do you think the story takes place? All right. So I think the setting of this story is the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, to go further than that, I would guess... I don't know, somewhere, maybe Massachusetts, because I know that he lived there for a long time. So maybe he wrote this story, and he thought about it being in Massachusetts, and the story blew up, and he's like, mm-hmm. I need to go be the caterpillar. Right, I get that. You write what you know, you right? What you know, yeah. Well, I don't know. Well, I don't know if he lived in Massachusetts at the time that he wrote this story. Uh-huh. Uh, but... It seems likely it could have been in Massachusetts. I'm just going to say this story takes place in the United States. That's just what I feel. I feel that from all of the food choices that the caterpillar makes at the at the end or the, the second to last meal he has, the big giant meal, you know? Right, right. All that stuff. It's very, you know, classic American. I think that's true for sure. 100%. Yeah. Can I add to that? Go ahead. Um... Not only do I think it takes place in the United States, I think it takes place in a grocery store. Oh. A grocery store. That makes that makes sense. Right? Because he eats, um, what is it? Apples, pears, plums, strawberries, oranges, cake, ice cream, pickles, cheese, salami, lollipops, all this stuff. Where can you get all of those things at the same time? That's very mm. it's close, right? Because it's just a caterpillar. I'm thinking though. He doesn't just, he eats, if you look at the pictures, he eats a slice of chocolate cake. The chocolate cake is sliced, you know? And he eats 
a slice of Swiss cheese. I don't know if that's true. You might eat the whole thing. No, no. It's yeah. It's I like a, it's, it's a it's a I slice. It's yeah, slice. It's, it's sliced grilled cheese. Uh, not grilled cheese. <laughs> sliced Swiss cheese. So he, I feel, instead of a grocery store, he's probably in a house, or maybe not a house, but maybe a picnic or something like that, or a barbecue. Something okay. where food is prepared. Well, already. it takes place over the course of a, a week, right? So it couldn't be oh, a picnic. Because right. unless it was a seven-day picnic, right? All right, I bow. It's grocery store. Okay. What's it could be someone's it? house. It could be, but I think I think grocery store makes more sense. Okay. So we're in a grocery store, <clears throat> right? Right. Now, one one thing that I was thinking about a lot is... um. Are there any other caterpillars in the grocery store? Hmm. Right? Like, he's been in this grocery store for a week, eating through all kinds of food. You've got to imagine that the employees there have noticed, and you wouldn't think it would be that difficult to find a caterpillar. I mean, I guess it would take a while. Right. But he couldn't be that far from the pears and the apples that he's eating a hole right through. Right. But he's still there. Do you mm-hmm. think... Could there be other ones? Is there an infestation of caterpillars? Okay. That's... That's that's your thought, is you're wondering if there's an infestation. Yeah. And, like, and like what are the health risks involved? Mm-hmm. I would say... I would say no. No? How come? Because the caterpillar doesn't die. So, think about everything this caterpillar eats, right? right. He eats a lot of fruit, um, but, you know, that could go unnoticed, you know, because that's a small amount of stuff. But then he eats holes through a wide variety of merchandise. Right. And, I mean, just the pickle, for example. He eats through a pickle. How did he get to the pickle? The pickle has to be out of the jar. Yeah, that's This right. caterpillar had to remove a pickle from the jar. You know? Uh-huh. Things like that. So this caterpillar's disrupting a lot, definitely. Or, and maybe this is more rational, the caterpillar has somebody on the inside helping him out. Like like someone who works at the grocery store? Right. In cahoots? Yeah. <gasps> what if... Okay. What if one of the grocery store employees is a collector of caterpillar eggs? And he uses the grocery store as a feeding ground for his hatched caterpillars. It's possible. I'm gonna I'm gonna need some more evidence for this though. Well, so Yeah, where's it coming from? When I was reading through the book, I noticed that the sun and the moon that we see at the beginning of the book, they have faces on them. Yes, I noticed that too. And I'm thinking those faces are not like I mean the sun and the moon don't actually have faces, right? right? So it could not it could not be the actual sun and moon, right? Those are actually the faces of one or two employees at the grocery store, and it, it, it is likely two because they're two different faces, right? Um, and I think that the moon, the first one that we see, is the owner of the caterpillar egg, mm-hmm. um, which. I think makes sense because he's working the night shift. He's probably restocking. Right. 
So he know he's like got his hands on the products. Right, which is and, why it's dark in that first picture. Right, and there aren't a lot of other employees there. How difficult would it be to just slip some caterpillar eggs into the spinach? Very true. Also, so you think the leaf at the beginning is spinach? Yeah, or some other green that mm-hmm. you would find in the produce section. Mm-hmm. I thought that maybe he just went outside and there was a caterpillar egg on a leaf and he took it and brought it into the grocery store. Oh, that could be it too. But either way. Either way. You know, right. either way, we have this guy who's collecting caterpillar eggs and raising them. Mm-hmm. In the that. grocery store. Yeah. Um, I actually have a thought I'd like to expand upon that. Yeah, sure. So this guy, or, you know, man or woman, mm-hmm. whatever, let's let's say let's say it's a man uh just for the sake of consistency and that's sure. what we started out with I, I thought it was a very masculine looking moon you know just sure. me uh <laughs> so this guy he is taking caterpillar eggs bringing them to the grocery store raising them right? right why is he doing this let me tell you why okay and well let me tell you not exactly why but a little bit of evidence that might bring us to a conclusion about why here's what okay. i noticed Okay. On the first day, the caterpillar eats one fruit, right? Correct. On the second day, the caterpillar eats two fruits. Mm-hmm. The third, the caterpillar eats three. The fourth, the caterpillar eats four. The fifth, the caterpillar eats five. Why would this be happening? Mm-hmm. Here's what I think. I think this is happening because this person, this this man who is feeding the caterpillar, is trying to teach it how to count. Okay. Because what what other reason would you do one, then two, then three, then four, then five? He's trying to use the night and day cycle, the only thing that he knows this caterpillar is going to be able to, like, you know... Understand? Understand as, um, as, as a method to teach numbers. Something okay. that people only understand, right? Right. Presumably. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know. According, this guy probably believes that people understand numbers and caterpillars don't. Right. Because that's what I believe. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that's probably what he believes. I believe that too. For okay. the record. There we go. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, there may be other counting animals. I don't think caterpillars can do it. No <laughs> offense to caterpillars. I've never seen one exhibit any symptoms of counting before. I'd like to. Symptoms of counting. <laughs> symptoms of counting. I'd like to, but I haven't. Let me continue. Go ahead. So. He's trying to teach it how to count. Mm-hmm. Okay? One, two, three, four, five. Then, after that, what does he do? After he teaches it how to count, he gives it all of these foods that no person would reasonably reasonably expect a caterpillar to eat naturally, you know? Right. He gives it all these people foods. Foods that are <laughs> specifically human. <laughs> so, he wants this caterpillar, A... To learn to count, uh-huh. B, to eat a human diet. <laughs> what are we getting at here, Chris? He's trying to turn this caterpillar <laughs> into a human. Into a human. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe he doesn't have any friends. <laughs> and he just, he he's like, I can't, you know, take a baby and raise it to be my friend because that's, that's illegal. <laughs> yes. So I'm going to take something that no one's going to miss. A caterpillar mm-hmm. and raise it to be my friend. That's what I'm getting out of it. But do you think he specifically wants it to become a human? 
I I would I don't want to go that far just because I don't really have any any reason to think that he wants it to physically transform into a human. Okay. I think that's a little outlandish. It's mm-hmm. possible, but right. I don't have enough evidence to assume that th- that's that's the goal. Right. So we're trying to teach it to be a like a sentient yeah creature right. that can converse and mm-hmm. communicate. Right. And... I think communicates the big one. Yeah. You know, that's why you would want to teach it numbers. Right. To that codify, you know, it's an introductory um, language tool. That makes sense. That makes sense. I I really like where, what you're getting at here. Um, I bet you sure. that he's done this before and it's failed. Yeah, I, because... I, if, he, if he's done it before, it's likely <laughs> failed. <laughs> I mean, we would imagine that this endeavor would fail, right? Uh-huh. So this guy probably is continuing to try. Yeah. You know? Either, and, well, I, I mean, this could be the first time. It could be. Why Why do you think it's not the first time? Well, I think it's so methodical, like you said. Yeah. That it feels like it's something he's been preparing. Right. You know, like the first time he probably just had a caterpillar egg and hatched it and, like, wanted it to be his friend. Right. And it didn't work, so he was like, what can I do? I have to teach it, yes. Right. And over some amount of time, could have been two, seven, a hundred, who knows. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on this person. This guy raised a hundred caterpillars. He might have, that's what I'm saying. It's like, ah, oh, man, um, what did I do wrong? Let's try a lollipop this time. <laughs> <laughs> right, I mean, so, like, that could totally change, like, how, like... Is this person a sociopath? Yeah. Or what's going on with him? That's true. <laughs> um, now the focus is more on the caterpillar in the book, but I think we're, we're really seeing the deeper story. Yeah. Here. This story's not about a caterpillar. No. It's about a lonely, lonely man. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Who works at a grocery store. He works the night shift because he's just reclusive. And he wants to make sure he's not going out during the day. Probably mm-hmm. has very low self-esteem. Probably. Not that everyone working at a grocery store does. Oh, yeah. But everyone working the night shift at a grocery <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm kidding. Please don't. Please, if you work at a grocery store on the night shift, I'm very, I'm very thankful for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is a similar question to something I was thinking about. Do these things translate into butterfly life? When he hatches from the chrysalis, right. does he retain those those things that he learned, if he learned them? Yeah, well, that's the thing, is we don't even know that he's actually learning anything. Mm-hmm. We just know that he's doing these things, you know? We, we don't know that he, he comes out a changed caterpillar. Right. Oh, I mean, I mean, can you think of any evidence in the story that he he has learned from this experience? No, definitely not. Not that I can think of. Mm. Anything come to your mind? I think perhaps we could we could assume the caterpillar learned not to eat certain things. That's fair. You know, because the narration says the caterpillar had a stomach ache. Mm-hmm. You know. So he actually 
So he learned to not eat the human food right. that, that this person was trying to get him to to adapt to. So he actually learned the opposite of what um, the employee wanted to teach him. Right. Which makes sense. He's a yeah. caterpillar, yeah. not a person. Yeah. Can't fight nature. No, definitely not. Um, I... Yeah. So I think we we need to discuss the end of the story now. Yeah. We, because we have an open end. We have this guy who brings a caterpillar in, and he raises it. How does it get out? And we have that second character. Does does the mm-hmm. son character, who the grocery store owner maybe, mm-hmm. or or this person's manager or something, does he right. save the caterpillar? Well. It seems to me that he hatch he becomes a butterfly in the grocery store. Oh, you think so? I think so. Did it did you feel differently? I just sort of got the idea that you know, he eats all this bad stuff in the grocery store and then he eats just a leaf on a, on a tree. It doesn't have to necessarily be on a tree. But I was oh, thinking okay. that somebody went in this grocery store, took the caterpillar out and just put it on a tree, like, man, this is where you belong. Oh, okay. To some anonymous benefactor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is great expectations. <laughs> the the employee certainly had great expectations for this caterpillar. Oh, yep. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So he escapes the grocery store and evolves into the butterfly outside. Right, yeah. It seems to me that if I were him, I would fly away and do butterfly stuff. Right. Right? Yeah. And then that leaves the employee right. who, who yeah. put him there. So what's the author trying to say about the employee? What happens to this employee after the story's over? That's a good question. Um, he's very clearly diligent mm-hmm. and would know if the caterpillar got away. Right. Like, he definitely has been keeping tabs on him in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, working overtime shifts, maybe. Yeah. Having a, another co-worker, just keep an eye on it for right. him. So, once the Caterpillar's gone, I I feel like he's gonna know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, he'll never see the, the failing of the butterfly to learn these things that he was teaching him. Right. So I imagine he tries again. Yeah. What do you think? I agree. I think this story is not an individual story. Mm -hmm. You know? When you read this story to a kid, or when you have it read to you as a kid, or you read it as a kid, if you're young and good at reading, Mm -hmm. and... You you know you learn about the caterpillar changes into a butterfly. You don't really think about this caterpillar as a character of the personality. You know you just think about it as a representation of caterpillars. Mm-hmm. So I think that this continues. I think this this is this is this man's life. Uh huh. I will, think so too. He will try and try again to raise a caterpillar to be his friend and to communicate with him. I wonder if he ever does it. I don't know. I would guess not. I agree. I can't think of a way to do it, but 
most things that happen in life, I can't think of a way to do them. <laughs> Somebody else does it for me. Right. So this could be one of those. Do you think he ever gets caught? So at the beginning of the story, there's the moon, right? And the moon's looking down at the caterpillar. It's only a page or two later that the sun is looking at the caterpillar and smiling. And this is before the caterpillar eats all that stuff. So we have a second character who is looking at this caterpillar and seeing this happening and smiling and not stopping it. So I'm thinking, we're not. it's not a matter of, is this guy going to get caught? It's a matter of, this guy has been caught. And it's known by his manager or the owner of the store or whoever that he's doing this. And they're not stopping him because they feel really bad for this guy. And they just want to <laughs> let him have the one thing in his life that brings him joy. <laughs> okay. And what they do is right when the caterpillar gets to this final stage, oh. they very sneakily take the caterpillar, bring it outside, put it on a leaf, and let it turn into a butterfly. And this guy just thinks the caterpillars keep escaping or something. What a conspiracy. Yeah, that's what I think. That's what I think it is. I feel like that's... Okay, I got a couple things to think about yeah, that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, we're really putting a lot of meat into this background. Yeah, well, know? there's a lot going wrong, Chris. There is. <laughs> um, a, I think ethically, it's like pretty questionable. Oh, yeah. You know, they're like kind of forcing this person in like a an endless cycle mm -hmm. hoping to attain something and they're effectively making it impossible not just for him to attain it but for him to realize that it's unattainable mm -hmm. so he thinks that he can do it right and they they're not giving him the the generosity of letting him know that he can't yeah i mean that's an interesting thought because if you think about it we sort of all we sort of all have that struggle, you know, day to day. Yeah. I mean, just just as a whole, humanity, people striving towards what, you know, fame or fortune or whatever. But mm -hmm. time, time and time again, I mean, have you ever have you ever seen an example of somebody who really wanted to be rich and famous and then they become rich and famous and they're like, yes, that fulfilled all of the things I wanted. Because I haven't. Everybody says sort of the opposite. Like, this is what I wanted, and now that I'm here, I realize that's not actually what I wanted. Well, I I don't know. I actually do have a friend yeah. who I won't name, but I met him in college, and his goal was to become famous. And he did it. Yeah. Um, I don't really talk to him so much anymore, so I don't know if you he's don't know. fulfilled oh, by that. Man. That's what we need to find out. I, I could text him and be like, and just, you know, let him know that I'm doing this podcast and I gotta know. <laughs> um, but you're right. The narrative is that, no, that's not fulfilling. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's sort of the same thing. Like, the manager realizes that if he lets this guy finish with this idea to get the caterpillar, you know, he, he takes the caterpillar away mm -hmm. every time to just sort of lead this guy on a chase let this guy believe that he has the ability to do it, something just keeps going wrong. Mm -hmm. If he just lets this guy keep going, 
and then the caterpillar just dies, then he realizes that this guy is going to give up on his one dream. And maybe in his mind, he thinks, if this guy gives up on his dream, he has nothing. Now, whether or not it's right to let somebody believe that, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, it's not that I don't agree with you. I think, I agree. I agree that the really correct right thing to do is to, you know, be honest with the guy and let him find out that that doesn't happen and stop interfering. Right. Or take the caterpillar away and be like, you got you to gotta stop doing this. It's <laughs> <is> very weird. <laughs> That's probably the most right, right. thing. Right. Save that caterpillar. Well, uh, right. <laughs> I, and I, I think... I think you're But I right. do think it's coming from a good place. I think, like, the guy is, is trying to, you know, I don't think it's malicious. I don't think he's like, ha ha ha, foiled him again. I agree. I agree. Which actually, you know what? I think it's an, it's like extra generous because we need to consider the manager's position and his responsibilities because his responsibilities are to the, the store and yeah. the company and uh, the owners of those things and yeah. the customers too, the customers, yeah. right? Um, he's sort of compromising all of those things here because A, he's letting product go to waste over and over and over again, right? I mean, you have like a whole like week's worth of food that goes to waste because of this caterpillar. Yeah. Um, and if that's happening constantly, that's a ton of food. That's a ton of money. It really is. It's also um, compromising the the quality of everything else. Like, what are the health risks of this caterpillar crawling around? Right. Yeah. All of this fruit. You know, I mean, multiple caterpillars, right? Caterpillar over and over over again. It's true. You know, like caterpillar has got to poop somewhere. Mm -hmm. It's probably going to be on the food. Yeah. So like, (laughs) what are the health comp compromises that he's making just to, you know, try to take care of this one employee? It's a good point. Um, yeah, it's not the wisest manager in the world in, in many ways. But his heart must be in the right place. Yeah, I'd watch a movie about it for sure. Yeah, me too. I'm gonna keep my eye out for it. Mm-hmm. When this when this podcast blows up, yeah. that movie's getting made. Yeah, I mean Eric Carl keeps doing the very hungry caterpillar stuff, so yeah, we'll send it to him. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what he thinks. He'll be like, yeah, th- "Please never talk about my books ever again." <laughs> <laughs> you ruined them. <laughs> Please forget every fact you learned about me. <laughs> It's very weird for you to know <laughs> the number of years I lived in Massachusetts. What? <laughs> I didn't even remember I lived there that long. Yeah. I'm sorry. Eric Carl, if you listen <laughs> to this podcast, please know that was just a personal prideful competition <laughs> between two coworkers and nothing more. <laughs> yeah. And that's I will it. not remember anything about your life longer than I have to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um... um so, I had one idea for what my moral was going to be, and it was much more centered on the caterpillar. Mm-hmm. But I think we need to move away from that. I, I do, too. And really, like, look at the morality in, in the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. I think the moral is that it's important to have something to strive towards. And that perseverance is admirable. Mm-hmm. 
but at the same time you can't achieve what you want if you don't understand everything that's going on Mm -hmm. that's true you know i think also a little bit um that you have the duty to give that information to other people right if they need it yeah i think i think eric carl is calling us to examine the issue from both sides a that at times we are people who do not understand our circumstances as well as we think we do or we would like to believe we do and we're striving for something that either we cannot achieve or we would not be happy with achieving and b that at times we are the carriers of the information that somebody is looking for and that it is ultimately up to us to decide whether or not we give that information and that we do have a moral responsibility to decide whether or not to give that information when we have it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Wise words. <laughs> Wise words from Eric Carl. Yeah. <laughs> who definitely was thinking about all that when he wrote a very hundred ever. One hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, and that's our podcast. My name is Robert Hoffman. And my name's Chris Panico. And that's it for today. Please join us on the next episode of No Nonsense Storytime. We'll be talking about The Cat in the Hat by Dr. Seuss. And if you have any questions or suggestions, feel free to email us at nononsensestorytime at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. See you next week. See you.